Ayo, welcome in to the CHGO White Sox post-game show presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook. Download the app today and use promo code CHGO when you sign up. Welcome into Studio A of our CHGO offices here in the West Loop of Chicago. I'm Sean Anderson, host of the CHGO White Sox podcast. You can follow me on Twitter at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. Alongside me is Herb Lawrence. Hello. You can follow him on Twitter at Acknerwall23. He's our CHGO White Sox community leader and joining us later from the park a guaranteed rate field, as it's called, will be our CHGO White Sox beat writer, Vinny Duber. You can follow him on Twitter at Vinny Duber. We are being produced today by Stephen Nicholas, Josh Harrison hater. Um, Josh Harrison got his revenge in game one, but then Aaron Bummer? Aaron, ba- yeah, yeah, Aaron Bummer. Yeah. Aaron Bummer. 95 up top. Aaron Bummer got his ass. So there you go. Aaron Bummer is now Stephen Nicholas's uh, fa- new favorite player. And Stephen told me before we uh, started this show that we are close to 30,000 subscribers on our CHGO Sports YouTube channel. So if you are hanging out and watching with us, uh, hey, first off, thank you very much. Uh, but hit that thumbs up button if you uh, if you can. We appreciate it. And also hit that subscribe button if you're not subscribed already because uh, we are approaching $30,000. And it's been or th- $30,000. I did good, too. I'm thinking about betting. Uh 30,000 subscribers, and that is very fun because not only have uh, the podcast numbers for us been great, it's a great number for our our YouTube channel, uh, but we are like one of the only podcasts, I think this and like the Red Stars podcast and maybe the Fire podcast, were just original original podcast because yeah, like all the other ones yeah. were, were purchased so like we have built a White Sox community uh, and we really appreciate everyone hanging out with us whether it's a game one loss or a game to win Sox win three nothing Herb Lawrence how you feeling I'm feeling all right good to win awesome to win Lucas Giolito on his game LG LG returned but that offense man Oof. that offense is a thing only three hits versus a guy in Bailey Falter that didn't look impressive, didn't look good at all, and still a problem. The offense is still a problem. I'll take the win because they have so few, but notice that there's also things wrong with this team that needs to be fixed. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Um, they're still 7-11, as uh, you tweeted out. Ed, Car- Ed Farmer would say that's not convenient. Mm-hmm. Uh, but... Um, it's early, and I know everyone hates that, mm-hmm. uh, but it is still early. I was ready to bury them after game one, and hey, they came out and won the game. That's really all that you can say. The pitching was phenomenal. Uh, however, the hitting leaves a lot to be desired. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about the doubleheader stats for this team, but really, there was a highlight. There was one mm. offensive highlight this entire doubleheader through. All of the at-bats, I think there were 61 at-bats or something like that, and it was Jake Berger hitting the absolute daylights of a ball out of a ball. Uh, Jake Berger's first inning home run was hit 118.2 miles per hour. It is the second hardest ball, hit ball, by a White Sox in the stat cast era. Daniel Palka's 2018 double was hit at 118.4. It's the second hardest hit ball this year uh, in Major League Baseball. Matt Olson's 118.4 uh, hit was the hardest. It's the hardest home run, hardest hit home run by a White Sox in the StatCast era. Um, and it is, I think, the 24th home run in the regular season that was clocked in at 118. 
plus. Uh, we had this little quiz earlier, but the leader of that category, again, 24 home runs in the StatCast era have been hit 118 uh, or h- harder. Giancarlo uh, Stanton has hit 11 of those 24, mm-hmm. which is stupid. Uh, but yeah, Jake Berger, insane. Yeah, and um, we said it a couple days ago when he hit his like third home run in three days. Like When Yohan Moncada comes back, Jake Berger has to find some way to get on the field. Like, I don't know about every day because this team isn't set up for Jake Berger to play every day, but his bat is saying, hey, every day, every single day, and I don't know who needs a rest, but somebody will need a rest if it's a first base stop uh, stop for him and letting Andrew get a day. If it's playing DH and letting D, uh, Aloy get a day, playing right field, and letting Oscar Colas get a day. The man has to find himself in this lineup because the bat is too good to sit down, especially on this team. Yeah, that seems like the biggest uh, discussion that we'll have, especially when Vinny joins us. Where does Jake Berger play? Does does it does Jake Berger playing uh, mean we see more Aloy in right field? Uh, you know, we saw that today. Aloy Jimenez started game two. He, in looked, right he looked great in right field. Oh, Man, he, he, he fielded every single ball that was hit to him. Unblemished. Zero. Un- unblemished. <laughs> uh, no ball set out to Aloy Jimenez today. And then uh, Adam Purple Hazley uh, came in and subbed in for him. And then Adam Hazley subbed in for Romy. And then Colas subbed in for Hazley, uh, who, again, subbed in for Romy in left field. Um, I do want to go to Chef, Chef Seymour real quick. Uh, happy Sean equals happy stream. Uh, I didn't – if if I'm not happy, do the streams kind of stink? No. Oh, okay. No, right. I think – making sure. That's good, it's though. In the chat. Oh. Everyone's gonna be happy in there. Gotcha. I appreciate that, but I think you know wins make everybody yeah. lift up their spirits, and there's more people in the chat usually, more people out here viewing and listening and the podcast. And hello, podcast people, we haven't forgot about you. Um, but yeah, it's a it's a weight off of all of our shoulders that Lucas Giolito went out and did what he did because otherwise we'll still be playing baseball because the White Sox weren't scoring off of Bailey Falter. The, yeah. the greatest pitcher ever. Uh, the greatest pitcher ever. Was, um, Jake Berger's out here crushing. Just and cruising Bailey Falter through through uh, through seven innings. And as I told Steven in the what the pre-post game show we had after game one, the White Sox do this, and they've done it a lot of times this year, score all their runs early in the game in one inning, and then just stop scoring runs. I think they did that last week when we faced uh, Lopez. Yep. They did it in game one. Where they got four runs, but unfortunately the Phillies already had five, so that was a uh, academic. And today, in the first inning, three run homer of Jake Berger, nothing else. That has to stop. They have to find ways to get more runs during throughout the game and put teams away because that game was not done until the ninth inning. They have like, to have better at bats. I mean, period. I mean, we we just talked about. It. I mean, ba- Bailey Falter just is able to. Mow through the second, yeah. third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh inning. And we kept seeing that where Lucas is having a dominant day. Lucas is dominating the Phillies. They're not really able to do anything against him. But Bailey Falter, who gets hit, you know, at an, at an unreal, you know, 118 mile per hour, uh, is just cruising. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, not even breaking a sweat through the second and seventh innings. I mean, that's just, it's so frustrating watching this team where, even somehow where they draw three walks against Falter, uh, he's still able to cruise through seven. Um, it's it's frustrating. There's a lot of innings, especially with the pitch clock, where it's like six pitches. You look up, and the White Sox offense is back on the bench. 
Yeah, it's just weird. They they have a pro, uh, approach that isn't conducive to scoring more runs, to wearing a pitcher down, to understand what the pitcher is doing to them. And, you know, let's get ba- Bailey Falter. Let's get into that porous uh, Philadelphia bullpen, which in these two games, they shut the White Sox down. They came in with uh, just as bad as the ERA as the White Sox, and they've gotten zeros put up the board. And l- luckily for the White Sox, they had zeros put up on the board by their bullpen people, and I know people are mad at Aaron Bummer. <sighs> Seriously, people, he gave up a hit. <laughs> a hit! Well, I did like the way that... Calm um, down! Our guy, Ellie, uh, phrased it. Bummer, it wasn't a no-hitter. Good job. That's a little bit more, you know, it's not Bummer's fault. I mean, it was lefty-lefty, and Brandon Marsh did a nice job of just taking it the other way. Any other day we're saying, hey, Bummer came in, he did pretty well. Right. One hit. I mean, it was just because it was a no-hitter that was going. You know, I mean, he didn't finish out that inning, but I didn't think that Aaron Bummer looked bad. And, hey, the the, the best thing about it, he threw strikes, first pitch strikes, uh, three to the three batters he faced. And that's what you got to do. He executed his pitches. Sometimes you got to tip the cap to the other team. They, they're paid to get hits, too. And Mr. Marsh got a hit. That's one. I'm good with Aaron Bummer's performance today. And I know the bullpen is a punching bag for us. And Aaron Bummer in particular, who hasn't been as good as Aaron Bummer should be, yes, you can get on him when he gives up runs. But today, come on now. We're just doing the thing where we're just like, all right, we got a we got a punching bag. We we have to look at Aaron Bummer who messed up the no hitter yeah. and a combined no hitter. No, we wouldn't have been in here throwing any parties, zero parties if a combined no hitter was thrown. Like we got balloons over here. I'll be like, man, that's good that the White Sox did that. I I'm I'm sure glad that Lucas and Aaron and whoever pitched and uh, Raylo pitched. Man, enjoy that. That'll be great for you. But no one's like, man, that combined no hitter. On uh, August or uh, April eighteenth was great. We mentioned it during the game. Just like this is the most boring and like least emphatic no hitter. If it was one, um, it, it, like possible, like it was just it was so lackadaisical. I mean, I guess Romy had nice two plays, but also it felt like if there was a better fielder, it wouldn't have been uh, as acrobatic or needed to be acrobatic. Like right, just... I, I, I don't know. It was it was good pitching. For sure, uh, today from 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 the Sox and good defense. I mean, Romy made those plays, and Andrew Vaughn made some nice plays. Oh, yeah. uh, hey, remember when everyone's like, "Oh, he's too short to make those double play turns that Jose Abreu's so good at making." Yeah, and, and he makes one fine today, uh, and, and they get out of the inning uh, by turning that double play, and, and he started it, threw it to second, and then came over and finished it at first. So it was a nice play uh, by Andrew Vaughn uh, there defensively. Um, but yeah, I I, I would say. Um, if we're going to Lucas, let's just kind of talk out the the pitching lines, uh, and then we'll get into Jake Berger and then Aloy and Romy playing left and right field today. Uh, Giolito, six innings pitch, no earned runs, no hits, seven Ks, no walks. He was fantastic. And the, the White Sox, uh, also, this is one walk. He had one walk? Uh, maybe maybe I got it wrong. Okay, all good. You know, he had one walk. He, he walked uh, Schwarber. Yes. He walked Schwarber in the you're first right, You're right, you're right. I think that's um, Schwarber's like 11th straight game with a walk. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it wouldn't. It would have been a perfect game if uh, he yeah. didn't walk him. So yeah, uh, six innings pitched, no earned runs, no hits, one walk, seven Ks, one walk the entire game though for Pretty the White great. Sox pitchers. That's what I wanted to bring up. Uh, no walks by Graveman, who's been really uh, up and down. Six strikes on eight pitches. Bummer, ten strikes on eleven pitches, and uh, Lopez, fourteen strikes on twenty-two pitches. No walks for any of them. I mean, they threw strikes, and I, I don't know what else you can ask for. Or what more a, you could ask for. That was a perfectly pitched game by the White Sox in that second uh, 
game of the doubleheader. They executed their pitches to perfection. Those are the players that we're looking for at the beginning of the year. Like uh, Graveman this year, to me, like you said, has been up and down. He's like, which one are we going to get? Today, filthy. Absolutely filthy. Looking uh, unhittable. Bummer. Struck out Josh Harrison with that 95 up top. And, yes, he gave up that one hit, but he looked good in his uh, what he was uh, planned on to do in his uh, outing. And then you get the four-out save from Raylo, which is awesome. His slider, he put JT Real Muto against them, and he threw him a slider. I think it was on 2-2, and then he threw him a 3-2-1, and it was just as filthy. And a great hitter like JT Real Muto was out here flailing. And then to give 100 miles per hour to Trey Turner to wrap it up, Mercy, he was facing real people, and he's like, okay, cool, smooth, but I'm Raylo. I don't care what y'all is. I'm Raylo. I'm Sean's Raylo, not Herb's Raylo. Yeah, no, I mean, again, you guys were, were disrespecting uh, my man. Man, seven ERA. man huh? seven Man had a 70 ERA, man. Yeah, hey, now it's, now it's 623. Like yeah. I said, like I said, go look at their record when he pitches. It wasn't all perfect. It wasn't all clean, but the stuff was there. And you just saw today that that stuff is absolutely disgusting. Mm-hmm. Right now, the Lopez had six swinging strikes. He had four called strikes, uh, 10 uh, called strikes and whiffs on 22 pitches. Uh, that is just domination from Reynaldo Lopez, uh, your current closer. And, hey, that's a guy you can trust. Jimmy Lambert, even though he gave up the homer to Josh Harrison in game one, that man was nails. That man was absolutely great in game one. So uh, the bullpen today, I really can't say it was bad. Diekman looked good in his inning. Uh, he, he did walk a guy. Gregory Santos, his slider looks fantastic. <laughs> um, and Jimmy Lambert, even though he did give up uh, the home run, he did have three strikeouts, uh, and his first inning was was truly fantastic. Uh, and, hey, uh, Beeflo saying uh, tonight should help Andrew Vaughn's negative outs above average. It's early, folks. I'm not, I'm not here bringing you stat cast stats yet. I'm not bringing you fan graph stats yet. I'm not bringing you rate stats yet because it's early, folks. Andrew Vaughn's just getting comfortable. Hey, uh, before uh, Yasmani Grandal's double and Jake Berger's blast of a shot, Andrew Vaughn had the only hard hit hit for the White Sox all day. Um, and he's making goal go plays at first base. You know, it's not like it, it's it's almost like Jose Abreu didn't leave. And now he's uh, 25, uh, weird looking from uh, California. Yeah, I mean, uh, Bray was a little. I mean, Bray with the the, the the beard. I mean, I the, know, Captain Lou Albano. Yeah, it looked a little Lou Albano. I don't yeah. know about weird, but I mean, Lou Albano kind of looked a little weird. Yeah, and so you're, you're talking, and I Medicine. know people um, kind of are mad at Jimmy Lambert in the first game. I showed a graphic that Jimmy Lambert struck his guy out, but bad umpire CB Buckner is out there, and he's like, I don't call strikes. I'm good. I'm I'm a bum, and you could see the picture right here, like. Number five, that's a strike. And so oh, he, they, yeah. made, they made him throw three more pitches. So, And Jake says it, Timothy Lambert, that man is good to great. Like, he was good last year. I think he's ascending to be great this year. And he's been really solid as one of the uh, bullpen people that I've looked forward to when he comes in the game. I'm like, Jim's going to give a great effort. Because the first inning, it was nothing. And the second inning, you know, he looked great, but then – you don't get that call. I guess that's deflating because then he threw three more pitches and gave yeah. up that single. I mean, I, I I don't really care about the that call. I mean, hey, there, there's ba- there was bad calls in the second game too that helped the oh. White Sox, and I'm not, I'm not going to bring those up. I mean, like you know, umpires make bad calls. I, I, if you were looking at the, the first game, and we'll take an ad break in a second, talk a little bit about Jake Berger uh, and, and the Aloy playing right field and left field. But Gregory Soto comes in, 
An inning pitched, no hits, no walks, two Ks. Of course. Craig Kimbrell, one inning pitched, no hits, no walks, two Ks. Uh, Sir Anthony Dominguez. One can I do this one? Huh? I'm, I'm, can I do the, yeah, 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 the yeah, case? Yeah, 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 for sure. Two Ks. Oh, no, no. So one inning pitched. How many hits did he give up? No hits. Yeah, how many walks did he give up? None. Yeah, how many Ks did he have? Two. How many, how many pitches did he throw? Eleven. Yeah, he threw eight. Damn. How many of them were strikes? Uh, six. Eight. Damn. Threw eight, <laughs> fill up eight the, strikes. Fill up the pitches. zone. And uh, Jose Alvarado, who got the save, uh, uh, he, he pitched one inning. How many hits did he give up? Zero. How many walks did he give up? Zero. How many Ks did he have? Two. Two. So a all team. four of their relievers had a line of one inning pitch, no hits, no walks, and two Ks. That is brutal. Brutal from the White Sox offense. But that's a smooth-ass name. Smooth, what, Sir Anthony Dominguez? Sir Anthony Dominguez Man. is a smooth-ass name. Uh, but that is brutal from the White Sox offense where this Phillies bullpen has just been as suspect as the White Sox has, have been. And you really don't force them to do anything. And, and that was the same thing even after Bailey Falter comes in. Ortiz comes in, pitches an inning, uh, six pitches, five strikes, and uh, he was he was out there fairly, fairly damn quickly. Um, 104 pitches today seen in eight innings for the White Sox in game two. Uh, not in love with the offense, even though they got the win. And uh, I saw someone saying, you know, this is a good win for all three phases. But, I mean, you take out that first inning, and this is, this is another ugly offensive game for the White Sox. So, uh, uh, game two is or game three is going to be huge because hey, you're putting yourself in another spot to win a series. Uh, and if you lost this game today, obviously you wouldn't be in this position. Uh, you got Clevenger on the bump for the Sox, and then uh, Taiwan on the Walker bump for the Phillies. Yes, Taiwan Walker. Uh, so we'll see. Uh, again, uh, they play the games for the reasons. So we'll see if the Sox can win their first series. Uh, but let's take a quick break. I'm gonna be out there. This is my third straight uh, game. I'm gonna see Mike Clevenger. Like all his starts, I'm gonna see him. Oh, have they all been wins? Or no. Um, Pittsburgh, it was a loss, I'm pretty sure. We'll see. It was a Friday. I think they lost that game. And I went to the Saturday game, and they won that one. But he didn't lose it. And then the last one, uh, I think it was a loss. I don't think he lost it. And then tomorrow's going to be a loss. Because they, they haven't won two games in a row. Yeah. And they haven't won a series. Two things are going, going against the White Sox. Two they strikes. They haven't won two games in a row at all. That at is all. just ugly. Um, hey, Herb, when you're out there tomorrow, make sure that you're taking on the sun with gear built to last. Our friends at Shady Rays have you covered for the warm weather ahead with premium polarized shades at an affordable price. Is it going to be sunny tomorrow? It is early, and then it's going to start raining at about mm-hmm. 2, 3 o'clock. All right, well, hey. According um, to my phone. When, it, when, it's, when it's sunny, Shady Rays has you covered. They're an independent sunglasses company that offers a world-class product that's just as good as any expensive pair we've worn. They have durable frames and extremely clear optics for outdoor adventure. And that's not all. Shady Rays offers the most insane protection in all of eyewear. Every pair of sunglasses is backed by lost and broken replacements. If you lose or break your pair, even on day one, they told us that they will send you a brand new pair. No questions asked. Wear your Shady Rays with confidence because they have your back as long uh, they have because they have your back long after your purchase. So if Herb is up uh, on the 500 level and drops a shady rays off the top uh, of the, the the crib, I can't I can't go and get them because I can't go down the 100 level. White Sox, right? But you know, they, 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 I was just more painting paint the picture. They shatter from from up there. They're not going to ask like, "Hey, why are you throwing your your sunglasses off the off the side of the?" There's no questions asked. I was like, "Hey, shady rays, send me my uh, Venturas again." They're What's it like, called? Cool ramp. Huh? Ramp. I was looking for the word. Ramp. Yeah. yeah. Ramp. Why, why'd you tell us the sunglasses off the top of the ramp? 
I was mad how, that mad that Clevenger gave up that three run home run. See how far they could fall. But I'm gonna sit in the 100 level tomorrow. I got no questions asked though. Uh, if Thanks you to Yumper. <laughs> shout out Yumper. Uh, if you don't love your Shady Rays, exchange your uh, you can exchange uh, your pair for a new pair, or return them for a free. Uh, what the hell is wrong with me? If you don't love your Shady Rays, exchange for a new pair or return them for free within 30 days. There's no risk when you shop. Their team always has your back. Exclusively for our listeners, Shady Rays is giving out their best deal of the season. If I can read it properly, go to ShadyRays.com and use code CHGO for 50% off two plus pairs of polarized shades. Try for yourself these shades rated five stars by over 250,000 people. It's really tough for me to be like, hey, White Sox, do better at your job and me not being able to read. That's um, small print. I don't know why you don't blow that up. Because like, I'm not it, an old man. Herb. I know, but there, boom. You're also, you're also far away from me. Yeah, I am. Um, hey, what's Romy Gonzalez's full name? Roman. Hey, talk about how guys want a better sex life. Over 50% of men want a better sex life. Did you know that, Herb? I did not know that. I haven't even asked them all. It's kind of awkward. There's two men right now in yeah. this room. There's one three of them. Of them. Uh, Sean's like, oh, I mean, well, just I Steven's right there. Oh, yeah. boy. I'm sorry, Steven. Ooh, Steven. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, they're, they're, so now it's even more awkward. So it, at least, you know what? Is this now two out of three men it want a better be. sex life? Like one out of three men want a better sex life? Why is it not 100 odd percent? I, yeah, me too. I, I would mean, think I'm, that, like, even if you are having good sex, like, better would yeah, be better. Better's, yeah, better's always better. Like, if I had $100, I would not be like, I'm like, oh, man, $100 is good. But if somebody's like, hey, you want another 100 I was like, yeah, sure, that sounds good. I'm good. Double my salary? Yes. Cool. If you want a better sex life, you're not alone. Uh, Roman is here to help. They're the digital health clinic for men, addressing a variety of sexual health needs and offering genuine medication that helps achieve and maintain a strong <laughs> erection. Roman offers discreet wipes that help you last four times longer in Damn. bed. And with men in low T, getting testosterone's le- testosterone levels back to normal can help increase your libido. Roman offers a testosterone test, which includes lab processing, and if it's appropriate for you, treatment for low testosterone. There's no waiting rooms, no hassle, and it's a straightforward digital experience from the comfort of your home. I recently went to the doctor and they had to read my uh, blood pressure three different times because the first two times I, I wasn't breathing properly. He's like, damn, your blood pressure came back at 159.90. Oh, you you're were like, dying. you're going to die. You were, in, uh, you were in hypertension over there. Did it back 120 over 80 uh, when I just breathed. Correctly. I just had that too. That's exactly where I'm at. 120 over 80. Oh, there you go. Hey, yeah. good for you. Yeah, me and you got the same blood Herb's pressure. so healthy. Mine was, uh, mine was higher by the earlier but uh stopped eating food and shit if you're if you're old like beef loaf uh learn more about how you can achieve your personal sexual health goals by going to row ro dot co co slash c h g o to get 20 percent off your first entire order uh that's row.co slash c h g o four times as long four four times four minutes excellent oh boy Break me off. You met Tell my me grandma. And she was like, Herb, I love listening to the show, even though I don't know what you guys are talking about. But I feel like. Minute, man. She'll know what that means. I, yeah. And then that's the thing. Like, she's, she's a big time fan that, of Missy Elliott. That's what? I was just singing One Minute Man. Oh, I don't think I don't think she knows that one. Um, smash that like button like Beef Loaf is saying, too. We'd appreciate that. Uh, Thank you, Rye Hill Chai Bulls, for putting us on over the Suns game. Appreciate it. The, sun, oh. I, the Suns winning, losing? The, the Suns are probably going to lose because I think Scott Foster's ref in the game and, you know, him and uh, Chris Paul don't get together too tough. 21-19, Clippers have the lead. Um, 
let's get into the White Sox offense because Jake Berger is clearly the star of Game 1 and Game 2, but mainly uh, he just shined with his 118.2 mile-per-hour home run. Uh, If we could flash the stats for, yeah, uh, Mm. offense in the doubleheader. They had 61 at-bats in uh, in these two games. Uh, They had 44 balls uh, that were put in play. Basically, that's what bad at ball events is or BBE. They had 11 hits on those 44 balls put in play. Three walks today, so 14 times on base. Those bad at balls, or at least the ones that were hits. An average in the hits, so the 11 hits. Exit velocity of 86.2. Ugh. Launch angle of 21.2. That's not bad. Average feet of 21, uh, 217.8. That's bad. The reason why it looks decent is because Jake Berger's 118-mile-per-hour home run that went 417 feet is included in there. If you take that out, those numbers look hella worse, and I'm not going to do all of the uh, math right there to add that up. But yeah, uh, basically what I'm trying to point out here is this White Sox offense, they got the job done today because they won. But tomorrow, going up against Taiwan Walker, who's a righty, what do we expect? I think a loss. I mean, they didn't really do anything today. No. I mean, without the Jake Berger home run, you just, like you said, when you can't take it away, but that was it. They stopped scoring after that, and I think Taiwan Walker is going to be a little bit taller than Bailey Falter was today, even though, got to give credit, Bailey Falter did what he had to do. He was stymieing the White Sox out there for, what, seven-plus? Um, I don't expect much. I didn't expect much in this game, but I also expected Lucas to get his – brains beat out today which he did the opposite of that so yes he did so in the pregame i think i said eight to two the whites are gonna lose steven's like nah nah son we got lg lg and going to the money. bump man steven's all about it. he's like the strikeouts are gonna be he's there feeling two good games in a row for him too exactly the minnesota one everyone hey, was man. panicking before he's fine apparently he just needs to try to hit somebody in the face each start <laughs> <laughs> and he'll be smooth because you know he hit the sean's guy farmer in the face and I hope he gets uh, healthy soon. And then in this game, I think he hit a lefty. I forgot his name. Was it the catcher Stubbs in the arm, almost in the face? And he was rolling the whole game. And fastball, slider, curve, change. Oh, my God, that changeup. The run on the changeup. He was making Kyle Schwarber look silly. Just just a a top-notch game for him. But the offense needs to do something different than they've done up to this point because that won't sustain, and they cannot – Bank on their starters going out there, giving them six innings of no-hit ball. And their bullpen just cleaning that up and giving nothing up, too. So they need to find a way where they're drawing more walks. Three walks in 66 at-bats? That's not great. No, and when you look at pitches seen per plate appearance, uh, league average, 3.92 pitches per plate appearance, basically uh, around four pitches per at-bat. The White Sox? Let me guess. What? Two five. No, uh, that, that, no. Uh, the lowest is three point six six. Okay, then they're at three point six six. Three point eight one. But they they are only uh, bested, and that, it's honestly going to go down. This is before today, uh, and today was not a good day for the stat. Uh, but uh, they're at three eighty one. Royals are at three seven four. Cardinals are at three seven four. Diamondbacks are at three seven one. Nationals are at three six six. And uh, those aren't that good of teams. And I wouldn't mind if they were at that. And they're crushing the ball. They're seeing it, beating it, and the balls are just flying out of the ballpark. But you see that's not happening. So they got to come with a different approach. What they're doing right now 
besides Jake Berger, besides Luis Robert, and I can put Gavin Cheats, which I'm surprised we didn't see him the whole game, whole whole day. And um, your guy, Andrew Vaughn, even, who, even though he hasn't hit a home run yet, these at-bats that he's doing, even though we went over 4 are pretty good. There's very seldom do I say, man, Andrew Vaughn is not on it today. Well, but a lot of the times, too, like, I mean, it was, I, mean I felt like the two balls or the, after his uh, first at-bat, uh, he got jammed inside, and you just saw the classic Andrew Vaughn, like, fuck, screaming and trying to, like, break his bat after he, he pops out. So. And Anthony Discalfani called in. He's like, fuck off, man. Stop cussing at me. <laughs> Stop swearing! Children are watching. <laughs> and if my children drop anything, I gotta, I gotta I keep turning the hat around. You gotta help me out. I, I, I put on the wrong hat. I thought it looked good with the purple. It's the other okay. team. It's the but um. It's fine. Your shoes match too. Yeah, that was the shoes thing too. Look but um, I was gonna make an Anthony Bass joke about how his kid spilled all that popcorn, <laughs> and then he was like, "Well, don't they have a cleaning crew?" And it's like, eh, "You're a jerk." I um, mean, he's supposed to be the cleaning crew for yesterday's game, and he still came in and gave up a run. Mercy, bum. Uh, <laughs> uh, I do also want to bring up to uh, just with the, the the White Sox last year uh, it was uh, tough for ISO uh, that's batting average just minus uh, slugging percentage or slugging percentage minus batting average uh, White Sox were at 131 which was 26 best in Major League Baseball so far and that's not including today uh, they're at 156 which is around 14th so they're probably below average or uh, at least below yeah below average uh today or after today's game so uh, it, it, I'm just not really inspired watching this this offense and we just have seen like you know if you're not getting a good start from Lucas Giolito and you know perfection from the bullpen things are going to go awry so like yeah. I, I, th- there, there's no hope inspired after this this win it's nice that hey you only give up one hit uh and that was fun to watch but again it's not like this is a, a something that's going to be a repeatable formula yeah, planning on a Jake Berger home run H game is foolhardy. It's not going to happen. He's going to go through his own struggles. And when Yohan Moncada comes back, I don't know if the White Sox are feeling like all of us who are watching and listening. They see it, and I'm sure they want to put him in, but also they have people that they've planned in and penciled in to be those starters at first base, DH, and right field. He's probably not going to get much starts over Yohan Moncada, but Yohan does need a blow every once in a while. So... I would find a way somehow to get him a, a at bat because the rest of the offense, for the most part, is not doing the damn thing. He's already, what, tied for the team lead in RBIs and tied for the team lead in home runs? Yeah. He started in Charlotte. He started the first games in Charlotte and didn't come up here until win. Yoan went on the I.L.? Or uh, no, um, it was before that. Uh, I forgot who went on the I.L. Then he came up. But um, he... Yeah, was it TA or no? It was before no, that, wasn't it? He was before that. When Aloy went out. When, when Aloy yeah, when Aloy went out. So yeah. when Aloy went out, he came in. That was like two weeks ago. He's got five home runs and dead RBI since then. He's played in uh, 10 games. He has 26 at-bats, and he is, like you said, tied for the lead in home runs. Uh, he is third on the uh, team in RBIs. Uh, he has a 962 slugging percentage, and his OPS is a cool 1328. That works. That plays. Uh, that's unsustainable. Yeah, yeah, very unsustainable. If, if he is that, Jake Berger is winning MVP. Yes, yes, he's he's one of the best <laughs> players a, of all time. If he has a slugging percentage of nine sixty two. I think he'll win an MVP. I don't even think Barry Bonds had that high of a slugging percentage, even though I think he has a couple of like seven hundreds in there. 
Oh, God, those years. Man, the man was doing oh, some real steroids. You fond of those years? Oh, man. He, it was good to see. I like balls going into the field. I hate the cheating, but the actual entertainment was great. For a second, I thought you were talking about Babe Ruth there. So I was like, oh, yeah, her her reminiscing about his old times watching Babe Ruth. Yeah, and that, that and Babe how Ruth, old man. you were. I was like, George, hit one out again. George. Especially against the Cubs. Point point where you're going to hit it, kid. Uh, He's like, well, all right, cool. When old Herman called his shot. Um. Yeah, let's uh, go to Jackson's super chat here, and then uh, we'll uh, head over to the kind of discussion. Jesus. Um, oh, we have one from Husky Bardo, too. Uh, appreciate it from both of you guys. Uh, Husky Bardo first. Uh, wasn't a bad day. Twins lose. Let's win the series tomorrow. And Jaxo23 saying Twins and Guardians lost today, which is great, and I was upset when Marsh broke up the no-no. Uh, again, yeah, you know, hey, would have been interesting to at least talk about a no-hitter, but still, I mean, Brandon Marsh's hit doesn't take away from the great performance of the pitching staff today. Exactly. And Detroit, five game, five wins in a row. Swept a doubleheader from the Cleveland Guardians today. Hey, Watch out. We're break a, up the Tiger. We're a real baseball team. We have as many wins as the Detroit Tigers. We're a game behind the Detroit Tigers, too. Yeah. <laughs> that's just violent. I mean, that's this is why that's you upsetting. say it's early, because that's not going to happen. That's I mean... Let me preface that. I hope it doesn't happen. I would say 95% guarantee it won't happen, that the Tigers will be ahead of the White Sox. But, you know, stranger things have happened. I mean, this team could do the same thing they did today, and Taiwan Walker could throw up some zeros, and we're out there with a 4 nothing loss tomorrow, and we're back here and saying, hey, this team sucks. Yeah, well, and uh, Shea Fidel also asking why Luis bat, bat at first today. Uh, ben Attendi uh, off. In game two, uh, he's been leading off with Tim out. So we did see Luis uh, lead the game off for the White Sox today. Um, and he walked. And what happened? It, and he walked. And then Jake Berger hit a three-run homer. Boom. And my favorite part of the day was he had a ridiculous hit that just, I mean, it was 108 off the bat, a launch angle of 32 degrees. And in stat cast history, the balls that have been hit it. 108 miles per hour with a launch angle of 32 degrees, have a batting average of 956, a home run percentage of 92.2, and a double percentage of 3.3. So, 95.5% of the time, it is an extra base hit when you hit the ball that hard. And it was somehow a fly out to center field. Um, so, Luis Robert probably should have had a home run. Uh, very frustrated that he didn't. Um, but he looked all right uh, at the top of the plate, but uh, or the top of the lineup. But we're probably not going to see that tomorrow uh, as Walker is a righty and then Ben Attendi uh, will lead off. But Jake Berger will probably be in the lineup again because how the hell do you take out uh, 962 slugging out of the lineup? Uh, most ever, uh, or highest ever, was Barry Bonds in 2001 with an 863 slugging percentage. Uh, again, when he hit 70. Three home runs and walked 177 times because he was Barry Bonds on steroids. Um, but uh, Jake Berger, we saw him play DH today and Aloy Jimenez play right field. Um, we'll obviously be joined by Vinny a little bit later, but do you expect that to be the norm? Do you expect that to happen when they play the Rays coming up uh, in, in the next series? Maybe we don't see that tomorrow. Aloy playing right field again. Maybe we see Berger play third base tomorrow uh, with a double header. Maybe that's what caused this, but. Do you see that coming in Aloy's future now that we've seen it once? I guess. I mean, he can point to, he's like, hey, man, I went one for three today and I scored that run. 
Oh, when I hit a ball 88 miles per hour. Exactly. But that, I'm just talking about him because he doesn't like to be the designated hitter. And the numbers. That one was also hit right at the, the third baseman, too. That was barely even it. We got to, like, really just say it was, that a, was rocket. a hit. It was a rocket off the bat that Baum made it. Made it It still doesn't mean it's not a rocket. And then Baum just didn't throw it fast as Eloy showed his uh, wheels and weird wheels. But no, I think Jake Berger will play third. Uh, tomorrow and then the whole uh, Tampa Bay series, unless he needs a blow because there's an off day in between there, um, and he's got to be on the field. So uh, either way, I got to see tomorrow too. The designated hitter has to be Gavin Sheets. That's what I have to see. Gavin Sheets has to be back in this lineup because if you look at his his average, he hit his first home run on the on Sunday. His on base is pretty good. He's a righty on the bump. The fact that he didn't play in game one was strange too. So Jake Berger probably won't be DH because it'll either be manned by the right person that's going to be in DH, either Aloy or Gavin Sheets. And I think that uh, probably Colas will be back in right field. So Ben attendee, I, I want to talk this through just because I, I, I don't know where Gavin Sheets and, and all these guys are going to play. Uh, ben attendee in left field, batting Correct. leadoff. Correct. Robert batting second, playing center field. Correct. Do you think they gave him the day off because he played back-to-back doubleheaders? And maybe they try Colos in center field. I would hope not in right because field. you have a day off again. But they like to pair that day off with the two days off, so you're getting that extra extra rest. Um, no, I no. Luis Roberts got to play until the wheels fall off. Center field again. Okay, you think Vaughn plays the first base? I think Vaughn plays the first base. You don't think they possibly go maybe Gavin Sheets at first base? You could put Gavin there. We'll put Vaughn there because you said Vaughn. Yeah. Uh, DH. Do they go Berger or Aloy? I would go with, no, I would go with Sheets. Sheets at DH. It's a DH. Okay. Yes. Um, batting four, Grandal catching, right? Because he, yeah. Yeah, he, he didn't pitch. He, he, bat, he batted as the DH in the nightcap, but he did not catch. Burger playing third. Burger playing third. Burger playing third. And then you had Colas and right. Yep. Okay. Sosa at second. I mean, this is the time where you get Romy Gonzalez in because, uh, Sosa played both games. I know Romy only played the nightcap. I think Romy Gonzalez will play second tomorrow. That's what I would do at least. Okay. And because Romy hasn't done, I mean, so you're uh, benching Aloy. Lenin hasn't done anything. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, Aloy. Until you start hitting, what are you gonna do, bro? Thought he had a rocket today. And he did. Eighty-seven miles per hour. Then he did nothing after that. He's been lost at the plate the whole the whole time this year. I, not a home, not one home run yet. You also hate Burger, apparently. Uh, I hate Burger. Hates Burger. Enough said. For some reason, you just put him in the lineup, though. Tom, you just uh, never mind. Tom, just not Tom even going to dignify that with an answer. Tommy, Tom, because sometimes you're, you're just. Uh, I don't think there. he's listening. Um, out there, yeah, guys. I like Mark's comment here. He says, "I like the quick games. Two hours and nine minutes today. That's for the second game. second game. What was the first game? Do you? I don't. Okay." Also pretty quick, though. Um, yeah, I mean, hey, I know Vinny loves that. Uh, who, who doesn't love a quick little game? I mean, that, that's the one thing, though, that frustrates me is that the quick games are just are, are bad for the White Sox because it just plays into, hey, here, here comes pitches, here comes pitches. Like, they're not patient enough to draw out walks in and make it difficult for the opposing pitcher. Like, that's my one thing is I want the White Sox to work at bats more and I want them to damage their pitch. And I feel like that's what... Kyle Schwarber does to an elite level. Bryce Harper does to an elite level. Um, you even see, you know, Stott do that a bit. Um, I think Bohm worked counts a, a decent amount today. Uh, 
I, I really th- and even uh, Turner Turner can walk account as well uh, or work account as well. Two forty three. I, I think those guys really do a great job of taking pitches and then, uh, you know, really when they go and swing, they they hit it hard. Two forty three was the first game. Length. Oh, okay. So imagine if we under actually, five hours. Yeah, yeah. Imagine if we actually had just just barely under five hours uh, for total game times. If we actually had those seven inning games for double headers, man. Could, this post game would have already been done, <laughs> <laughs> and if this post game was done, uh, we know that Vinny would be uh, cracking a Goose Island beer. Uh, we'll be joined by Vinny Duber in just a second. We do want to let you know though by our great beer sponsor is Herb Sips on a three one two CHGO supported by Goose Island Beer Company. They've been Chicago's beer since nineteen eighty eight. Their beer roster includes the three one two. Wheat Ale, the Goose IPA, which is in a uh, nice new green can. They've redesigned all of their uh, their their cans, so you can go uh, check out the new green design for the Goose IPA. There's the Tropical Beer Hug, and those come in uh, a little variety pack. I think they got four flavors of that. You can they pick do. Up the sampler. Uh, Herb has chugged all of them and uh, gives them a thumbs up for all of them. Not the tropical one, which is like ten percent. Yeah, nine point nine percent alcohol. That's uh, dangerously easy to drink, as they say. I was uh, drinking that yesterday during yesterday's show. Oh, yeah? Delicious. There you Went go. Down oh, at, at your house uh, mm-hmm. on our little remote show. And also the Full Pocket Pills. It's an everyday beer. Uh, and what the brewers are, are drinking over at Goose Island. And we also have the draft party coming up on April 27th and April 28th. Check out allchgo.com. Diehards get 20% off. You can jo- join the CHGO Bears crew over at Joe's and Wheat Street for the Bears first round and uh, second and third round uh, for the 2023 NFL draft. So NFL. grab... I think they have like a new deal too, like where you get one of those CHGO Midway shirts, like the the, the old school shirt uh, that looked like the Dicka sweater, CHGO Bears. around the chest. If you go and get the, your tickets at allchgo.com, it's a nice deal for uh, both days. There you go. Uh, Matt Latos is asking if Vinny's lost. No, he's just waiting patiently uh, as I get through this read. Grab an ultra-fresh ultra, fr- ultra fresh, uh, brewery-exclusive beers at Goose Island's Original Brew House on Clybourne Avenue in Lincoln Park or from their tap room on Fulton, we- uh, Fulton Street in West Town, Goose Island Beer Company, Chicago's Beer. Uh, Herb, have you heard about ComEd? I have. Uh, oh, you have? They're an energy company, right? Oh, yeah. The, the Combat Energy Efficiency Program is mm. committed to helping families and businesses and the communities they serve, oh, helping manage energy usage and lower energy bills now. And into the future, uh, ComEd offers a wide array of incentives on lighting and other efficiency upgrades to commercial, industrial, and public sector customers of all sizes across the territory. And ComEd offers free facility assessments that can help find energy-saving opportunities like for HVAC systems, commercial kitchen equipment, or industrial processes. An authorized engineer will work with you to develop a detailed plan specific to your goals and needs, and these can be done in person or virtually and last approximately two hours. And within three to four weeks, customers will receive a report detailing energy efficiency projects that they could start working on immediately. So if you own a business, do not wait. Get started saving money and energy today for energy saving tips, lighting incentives, or to schedule your free Free facility assessment. Go to comment.com slash powering biz. That's comment.com slash powering B I Z. All right. And hey, Jonathan Taylor just ordered a Vibes or Immaculate shirt, so appreciate that. Check out uh, chgolocker.com if you do want to check out our brand new shirt. After um, a White Sox win, the Vibes are usually immaculate. Yeah, it's an awesome shirt. I hope you uh, enjoyed that, Jonathan. And I enjoyed you on uh, Tool Time. It was a great show. Oh, hey, Jonathan. Jonathan Taylor, Taylor Thomas. Taylor mm-hmm. Thomas. Okay. Uh, JTT. Let's go out to our CHGO beat writer over uh, 
at Vinny Duber on Twitter. You can find his work at allchgo.com. And uh, he, uh, even though it was only five hours of baseball, uh, still is probably very tired after a double header. Uh, Vinny, how you doing? I'm good. I've been here 11 hours. Oh boy, you poor man, and you have to be there tomorrow. So let's uh, let's hopefully get you out of here, uh, you know, uh, quickly and briefly. Uh, let's talk about what we just were talking about, and uh, you know, just trying to figure out if this is going to be a thing. Aloy Jimenez, even though we have nothing to actually talk about, his play in right field because no balls were hit to him. Uh, will this be a more normal thing? We see him coming off the IL, and this is his first time this year out in right field. Did uh, Pedro speak on if this is going to be uh, consistent for Aloy? He did not. He kind of surprised us by putting him out there. We had heard that with Aloy coming off of the IL, it might be a little bit before we saw him in right field just because, you know, he's been DHing. He felt good enough to hit with that hamstring pull, but and was he going to feel good enough to play the field? So we didn't really know when it was going to be, uh, you know, utilized Aloy in the outfield. And it was kind of a surprise when we heard in between games today that that would be the case for the second game. But um, the, the only thing that I can see say is look at Jake Berger look at what Jake Berger is doing right now and if you kind of try to put the puzzle pieces together you know you can go ahead and play video game all you want but I don't think Moncada's getting moved off third base I don't think Vaughn's getting moved off first base so where's Jake Berger gonna play it's probably going to be DH does that mean more Eloy in right field because listen always had a bad day the other day at the plate you know with the four strikeouts uh he's been you know slow to to come back since he uh uh, came back from the injury I understand people are kind of frustrated with him but he's the guy who should be driving this offense when you know once the weather heats up and everybody's doing what they're supposed to be doing just remember what he did in the second half last year you're not going to want him out of the lineup either so if Jake Berger keeps doing this who I guess Oscar Colas becomes the odd man out. I mean, again, it doesn't seem like an ideal way to play things, but you cannot sit Jake Berger the way that he is hitting right now. Now, thankfully, or maybe not thankfully, but the White Sox don't have to make that decision tomorrow. Yohan Moncada is still on the injured list, and uh, we heard from Pedro today. There's really not uh, – he's not giving us a timeline yet. The, the latest we heard was Rick Hahn saying he was hopeful uh, that Yohan would be able to come back during the upcoming road trip, but – all we really heard from today, uh, from Grafol today, was he's doing better. So that's not really very specific. Um, meanwhile, Jake Berger keeps raking. We were kind of filling out the lineup uh, before this as well, and trying to figure out what tomorrow could possibly look like. And we, you know, penciled in Jake Berger at third base. Uh, we obviously didn't see Gavin Sheets today, and you know, you mentioned his great hitting. I think yesterday, uh, three ten batting average, four twenty nine on base, four fourteen slugging. Just hit his first home run. Surprised not to see him today. Um, you know, we're trying to figure out where all these guys are playing, and Herb is now benching Aloy Jimenez. Uh, do we think that is a possibility, or um, we even thought like maybe maybe Robert sits out tomorrow, and they try Colas out in center field, and maybe we see more Aloy in right field? Like, I, I don't know. I mean, uh, were, were you surprised not to see Gavin? I guess is is my first question today. I mean, not entirely. I, I think. I mean, no, not entirely. I mean, listen, Gavin Sheets is a bench player right now, and I understand that, you know, he, he he's doing well. I pointed out that he's doing well, and, and I think that he deserves to continue to get run because the bat is working for him. But, again, he made this team as a reserve. He didn't make this team as a guy who was supposed to be platooning with Oscar Colas in right field. He didn't make this uh, a team as a guy who was going to be taking at-bats away from Aloy Jimenez. So, um, you know, you're going to see him get plenty of starts because guys don't – they don't like to yeah, – 
know, have guys rust and stuff like that. But, you know, you could have said the exact same thing for Romy Gonzalez, who hasn't started in a real long time. So he gets to start out there tonight uh, in the second game. So um, I wasn't surprised not to see him. In fact, we talked to Pedro before the game. He was asked about uh, before the first game, I should say, and he was asked about the whole, like, how do you approach a doubleheader with the lineups? You know, we're used to kind of seeing that second game of a doubleheader lineup look kind of, you know, uh, different, I'll, I'll say, from the first one. And he said, listen, I'm not a guy who thinks everybody has to play on a doubleheader day. I, I'm going to try to to utilize those matchups to, to make it uh, work out the best for a win. And, uh, you know, obviously that's going to come with some guys getting some rest. There's a reason you didn't see Osmani Grandal catch 18 innings tonight. But, uh, you know, I think that the, the two lineups that he put out there showed that he was trying to keep as many of his his a his a guys so to speak in there as possible. And Vinny, uh, your guy, uh, the guy that you named LG LG, large game Lucas Giolito showed up big time today. Six innings of no hit ball. We here knew at that sixth inning that he was pretty much done and toast. Uh, what did he and Pedro have to say about firstly the outing and then uh, the decision not to let him go into the seventh inning? Yeah, so Pedro basically said, you know, they were too far away from the end of the no-hitter to to kind of let him keep going there. Uh, Lucas lobbied for a seventh inning, uh, but uh, but didn't get it for obvious reasons. You know, it's early in the season. They they want to make sure that he's going to be able to do this over and over again, not just uh, not just once to, to empty the tank completely. So, um, you know, yeah, just the pitch count was high uh, for where they were in the game. Uh, but Pedro said that he's pretty lenient, actually, when it comes to, you know, no no hitters and such like this, you know, if it were the, if it were the eighth inning, it wouldn't have even been a conversation that he wouldn't have gone back out there. He said so. Um, but obviously Lucas was terrific tonight. Really looked like that Lucas of old. Um, and how many times did Pedro see that Lucas of old pitching against his former team, the Kansas city Royals. And he kept saying over and over tonight, that's the guy I remember. That's the guy I remember. Uh, Lucas shared that, Pedro and him had a long conversation during spring training where Pedro basically said that to him. Hey, remember when you were facing us with the Royals and, and, and how dominant you were. And, and the thing that we kept hearing tonight was mound presence, you know, that kind of don't, uh, you know, show Lucas should show how dominant he's being kind of thing. There are times when the other team can pick up that he is maybe not having it one day or that he is, uh, you know, struggling a little bit from pitch to pitch when he's doing the opposite. Like we know that he can do like he did tonight, he needs to show it. And that's intimidating to the other side. And I think you saw that tonight. Uh, certainly that's what Pedro and Lucas said uh, was a big deal tonight. Lucas said after that start in Pittsburgh where things didn't really go his way, that he kind of remembered that conversation from the spring and he's kind of been, back to being kind of chest out Lucas like he like he was a couple of years back. I always remember what Tim Anderson called it after that game in Oakland, that playoff game in Oakland, bully stage, uh, calling, uh, you know, when, when Lucas looks like that, that's the term that he gave it. Uh, and, I, man, you saw it tonight. And if, if Lucas can remember how to act like that, uh, you could be seeing a very different picture than you saw last year. Yeah, hell yeah. I mean, people always – are posting that photo of, uh, of Lucas looking over his glove, uh, just kind of peering at the batter uh, on the mound in Oakland during that start in Game 3. Um, he was incredible that day, and, yeah, mound presence was all there uh, for Giolito. So, uh, you know, great stuff right there. Um, did he talk about just what was working today or, or what has worked? Is it just about, you know, hey, I, I believe in myself on the mound and that's what's working, or is it belief in yourself, health, everything just kind of clicking for Lucas? 
Yeah, I mean, I think all of the above is the answer, right? I mean, you know, this is a guy who's never been short on confidence, uh, but, you know, easy maybe to, or it's been easy at times for him to slip out of things when the other stuff wasn't lined up, right? And so now, you know, what did we say the other day, Herb, the NBA Live uh, uh, free throw thing? If it's all lined up, it's going through the basket. And I, I think everything's lined up for him. Uh, I, we talked to Sebi Zavala tonight and he was asked right off, you know, what was working for Lucas tonight? And he just had one word, everything. And Vinny, I just want to ask too, like Jake Berger, I know this is the second hardest hit ball in the stack cast era for the White Sox at 118.2, but that man hits the ball hard consistently. Uh, did you guys ask him like, has he ever hit a ball that hard anywhere else he's played at the Missouri state? Maybe. <laughs> he wasn't asked about the history there, but he, he knows what the readings are. And I, I think he saw what, I mean, what he had a double earlier this year that was 116 or something like that. So um, yeah, like you said, he's making a habit of this. And uh, I think that's probably the thing that's jumping out to a lot of people. You know, you can get hot and you can, uh, you know, get some luck and you, and that can last you a while in this game. You can have, you know, a lucky month or a, a lucky half. Sometimes, you know, uh, Sean, you like the BABIP number, you know, I mean, that, that can happen over the course of an entire season for some players. Uh, but when you're hitting the ball hard, that's usually a good sign that uh, things are going to continue uh, at that way. Um, you know, it's not like he is just uh, picking up seeing eye singles to, to string a hitting streak together here. He is mashing. And uh, I, I think that's a really good sign for him, a really good sign for the White Sox because, hey, power has been in short supply everywhere else in that lineup. So if they can keep getting it from one guy, uh, that's better than nothing. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, what we were talking about uh, kind of after game one leading into game two is it just seems like Jake Berger, every single time he is up at the plate, he is giving 100% in every single swing. And I, I just don't know if that is the case with every single White Sox player. And I don't know if that just has to deal with Jake Berger not making the opening day roster. Again, we're talking about him having a 962 slugging percentage, <laughs> being tied for the home run lead on this team, being third in RBIs, and he has 26 at-bats. I mean, this is just unheard of. And, like, what, where are the White Sox if they don't have Jake Berger? I mean, like, we talked about this. They probably lose today's game. But, like, he has just been huge for them in, in these games. So, uh, you know, we, we talked a little bit about depth. And, you know, thankfully they have this depth piece in, in Jake Berger because he's been coming up and he's been huge. And, and what a great story, too. Uh, just round one, 11th pick overall, and then having all of the injuries that have, have happened to him. And he just works his ass off to get to this spot. Um, and you talk a little bit about the exit velocities. Um, his average exit velocity right now is 94.8 which is just basically a hard hit so every time he hits the ball um he is hitting it hard um he has i think now uh Two home runs, uh, or three home runs on fastballs, two on breaking balls, so he's doing it on both types of pitches. Um, but this is even something, too, that uh, he was working on in the offseason. I've saved this for a while, uh, but he tweeted this back out on Jan 9th, uh, Jan 9th 2023, um, and he was working with uh, a Rapsodo machine uh, over with Blast Baseball down in Texas, I think. Or no, uh, Blast Baseball is uh, is Blast Baseball and Rapsodo are the two uh technologies that he used but uh, Bledsoe Agency down in Texas is where he did all this work uh, but he had um, average bat speed um, his max bat sp speed was around 86 miles per hour so he just gets the bat through the zone uh, massively um, and uh, he had elite average attacking angle um, we talked about or we saw earlier Steve kind of talking about how he's out in front of that ball um, he had uh, average early uh, connection uh, which was uh, above average and then also to um, his uh, 
hard hit percent when he was doing this data. 58%. His max exit velocity was 114.3, so he beat Jesus. that today um, in uh, in uh, in the game, and his average uh, exit velocity uh, over the offseason was 93. Uh, so far, he's been able to replicate that in major league games, which is just incredible, and it kind of shows the, the first-round talent and why he was drafted there. Um, and kind of just, again, it was the injuries that have held him back. So he could be a huge part uh, to this Sox uh, lineup. Um, Anything else stand out from the 11 hours of baseball, Vinny? Uh, a lot that we can get to. Uh, we talked a little bit about Aloy, Jake Berger, Lucas Giolito. The bullpen uh, was fantastic uh, in game two, but uh, what else stuck from stuck out from the 11 hours? Well, I'll just throw out one more thing about Berger. Uh, you know, people are already obviously looking ahead to when Moncada comes back, and I think the White Sox know that too. Um, it was brought up today uh, in a kind of a roundabout way, uh, the idea of, somebody who hasn't played second base before moving over to second base. Um, the example that was given to Pedro was Mike Moustakis, one of his former charges in Kansas City, uh, you know, moving from third to second. And Pedro said, now that the shift is gone, not really, not really helpful in terms of experimenting in that way uh, that, you know, you could kind of make up for a guy going over to second base who hadn't played it before because you could play three three infielders over there pretty much. And uh, now that you can't do that, it, it's not the climate's not really right for it. So um, as we as we move forward and if the Jake Berger, where's he going to play story uh, continues to develop, uh, it looks like second base is not going to be an option. And then the uh, final thing I wanted to bring up, uh, and we can wrap this entire show up, uh, but uh, just Lucas tonight, I always bring up the uh, called strikes and whiffs, and I want to kind of connect this to Lance Lynn. Uh, But uh, Lucas tonight, 12 whiffs on 49 swings and a called uh, strikes plus whiff percentage of 29%. Uh, Lance Lynn, 10 whiffs on 50 swings. Uh, so two less on one more swing, uh, but a 29% called strike plus whiff percentage. So you kind of just saw the matchup, though, because Lance Lynn throws three different types of fastballs, and that's what the Phillies thrive on. Mm-hmm. We kind of saw a better lineup from the Phillies in game one, too, with Real, Real Muto uh, in there instead of Stubbs. But Giolito also was locating and getting those swinging strikes on two strike counts and he was able to finish at bats finish off hitters and that's why we saw the seven k's but even then lance lynn i don't, I don't even think we can call him cooked or anything like that 19 balls in play an average exit velocity of 83.5 uh sounds like he was pitching against the white Sox. uh and lucas giolito 10 balls in play average exit velocity of an 89.8 so uh, he got technically hit harder uh than lance lynn but the stats looked better because again he was able to kind of finish off those at bats but lance talked a little bit after uh game one the White Sox won, um, so uh, you know I think he kind of talked about uh, you know it, it is early though, um, and you can't really get too worried when you lose games like this. Well, I mean, he said kind of the opposite. Uh, you know, oh, okay. he, he said, bad. yeah, I mean, he said hours. basically, <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, he said kind of the opposite. Basically, he was saying, yeah, it's early and it's April, but you you can't be in this big of a hole. And and really, I think that's really. I don't want to say starting to dawn on the White Sox because they know that, but, you know, the reality of the situation is there in front of them. And we heard from a lot of people today saying, yeah, it's early, but, you know, it, it, that, that gap gets too big and that, and that 
work becomes too hard. The buzzword after the game today, after the second game, was urgency. Um, you know, Pedro Grafol talking about how high the energy was in the dugout, how, uh, you know, Sebi Zavala talking about how him and Lucas said, hey, this starts with us and we got to turn this around kind of thing. So um, they know they, they know what the standings are. They, they know what their record is and they know how they've played to this point. And I think they know that there is plenty of time to, to get this ironed out. This is a marathon, not a sprint by any stretch of the imagination. But uh, it is it is one that you know too 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 far behind, and uh, the job becomes too difficult to overcome. So uh, urgency was that word was used a lot tonight, and that's strange for April eighteenth. I will say that far behind another candle box reference. So I'm glad we kept that up uh, with uh, the the post pregame uh, from game one too. And again, um, that is in uh, Can't Hardly Wait, which yes. is one of the greatest movies of all time. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> thank you so much, Vinny, for joining us from Guaranteed Rate Field. And you can follow him on Twitter at Vinny Duber. Uh, his latest piece was about Jake Berger. So if you do want to check that out, uh, go to allchgo.com. And it's fitting today with, again, uh, his fifth home run of the season. Uh, we will talk to everybody uh, tomorrow. Uh, Vinny, I hope you have a, a good night. Uh, we could say uh, sayonara so you can uh, wrap up your stuff. We'll do all the, 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 the housekeeping and everything. So we'll see you tomorrow. Make sure you follow Vinny on Twitter, at Vinny Duber. Uh, spending an hour, 11 hours at the ballpark for you uh, today. So uh, he'll be covering tomorrow's game as well. Taiwan Walker versus Mike Clevenger. Uh, that's Herb Lawrence. You can follow him on Twitter, at Eckner 23 He's our CHGO White Sox community leader. And thank you to Stephen Nicholas for producing the show. Thank you to everyone for hanging out with us in the chat and make sure you give us a, a thumbs up we have 49 likes uh we would like to get to 50 if possible uh and also too we're encroaching on 30,000 subscribers so tell your friends to tell their friends to tell their cousins to tell their friends mother uh to subscribe to our youtube channel yeah, subscribe we, we appreciate it. and then also uh have a five-star rating for us on your spotify's your apple whatever you uh, listen to us on the uh, podcast and give us some feedback on what you think about the show. Again, brand uh, we're an original podcast feed. Uh, this isn't uh, you know Cubs related, and they're starting from the ground running. This isn't uh, Nick Nick Moriano and Will Dewitt's. Uh, what was that originally called? Chicago Audible. And that's the this is the, that's this YouTube channel, right? Yes, it is. So uh, shout out to the Chicago Audible. Uh, but yeah, uh, you know, give us a, a review too. I think our last review is from August about Vinny needing batteries and a screwdriver, so or his drill. Uh, so. Uh, you remember that kind of? Baby. I do. Oh, okay. oh he man. does remember. Uh, yeah, I sweat so, so much that night putting that IKEA uh, desk <laughs> together. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, thank you to Vinny Duber. Thank you to Herb Lawrence. I'm Sean Anderson. You can follow me on Twitter at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. Thank you to everyone for hanging out with us in the chat, and thank you to Stephen Nicholas. We'll talk to you tomorrow after the game three of uh, White Sox and Phillies takes place uh, over at Guaranteed Right Field. Talk to you then. Go Sox.